Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 33 of the Backyard Banter Podcast. My name is Matt Harmon, as it is every week. Really got to stop making that joke, but it keeps happening. Uh, I'm here with a really good guest today. Um, his name is Chris Heil. He's someone that I think, did you used to write at Sportable with, with Sal and I, who was on the last I, episode? I did. I almost wore my Sportable shirt tonight to rep it. Old school. Yeah, I should have. I meant to do that during Sal's episode, and it would have been good to do that here. But uh, that's two weeks in a row I've blown the opportunity. So I'm like one of those backup running backs that just can't seem to do anything with all those carries they're giving him. Um, but Chris, uh, we're bringing you on today because you have kind of you're at a different place in the fantasy industry than a lot of other people uh, that we've had on the show. But we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, really what we always start here on the, sh- on the backyard banter podcast is asking people, how did you kind of come to get the bug for football or fantasy sports? Take us through the baby steps of your background story. <laughs> uh, fantasy, you know, I've listened to a lot of different people on the podcast and it's always funny how some people come to love football or come to love fantasy. And really the first time I found out that I had any like being with fantasy was I used to play Madden all the time when I was a child. And just like going into like Madden or even NCAA, I'd spend hours and hours formatting the best roster, making trades, and just making sure I had this like a perfect dynasty team. And once, you know, once I realized that people were actually doing that with other people and it wasn't just me doing it with computer, overriding computer trades and acting like I was the best, I, I was hooked. And I realized fantasy was out there. So I started playing with my friends. And, you know, when you, when you start, getting some calls right where you're like, uh, I think this guy's really going to come out and you're impressing your friends and you're winning your league consistently. You're like, man, I got to look into how to become more into the fantasy world. Yeah, right. And I guess for a lot of us, the next step is taking that to the internet, you know, the blogosphere or what have you. So what, what was kind of, so it was really the impetus of like, Hey, I might actually be getting some of this right. Maybe I should be one of those guys that's on TV or on the radio or whatever. Well, really, when I first started listening and getting in more serious about fantasy, uh, it had the podcasts weren't really as big then. Um, I remember listening to Cecil Lammy and um, Sigmund Bloom, and th- that was one of the uh, podcasts were very slim to pick from. And, you know, there were some that were really old, and especially I was looking in March, and I was like trying to get a little advantage. I started to look into it, and podcasts really weren't there. There was only maybe like four or five that were weekly if not monthly at that time so i was just like i was listening to them and i was just like i read the reviews and i was like man people are hating on them they say that cecil lamy is such a like denver homer and i was like man i could i need to start getting into this so i listened to someone else's podcast his name was dennis farrell i'm not sure if you ever heard of him Can't um, say that I have. uh he did his own and he said if any of my listeners want to join my podcast sometime come on and do it and message me so i messaged him and i joined on a podcast and i remember my heart racing you know as soon as he asked me like questions and i was so excited I had all my little notes and everything and i was so excited to answer his fantasy questions and hop on and then once i did one podcast with him i was absolutely hooked i could not i couldn't get enough of it i was like this is what i want to do i knew from the minute i did that Right. Yeah. I think that so many people, um, you know, I think Rumford Johnny was on here back in the way, way beginnings of the show back in the headset days. Uh, that's how long ago that, uh, that it was on the, on the podcast that he was saying like, yeah, you know, writing never was a big thing, but talking about it really appealed to him. On the exact same way. I, and I'll kind of go into some of my, uh, my background with that is I, was like, I need to be more accessible. I need to find more outlets for me, people to find me. I was doing fine with the podcasting. I was doing podcasts, uh, you know, weekly. I was doing a couple podcasts, you know, several times a week. But I was like, I need to be able to reach more people. So I was like, I need to start writing. I was like, it can't be that difficult to write. But then, that's where I really started struggling at. And that's where I thought fantasy, I think I started not necessarily losing my love for the game of fantasy, but that's where I really started struggling. I've written for uh, uh, sites like Fantasy Trade 411 a long time ago, uh, ago with um, Nick and then Huday. They're both very active on, tri- on Twitter. And so I wrote for them. And then, you know, 
I didn't get to write a whole lot of articles, you know, that just didn't really match with what they were going with. And I'd reach out to different sites and they'd say, you know, we're looking for more analytical stuff. Some people are really good at writing the analytical stuff. Someone like myself, I don't mind like going into stats and going into deeper things like that. But some guys like you've had uh, uh, Denny Carter on here and he can find a stat and he can write a whole article just on one specific stat. And it's amazing. He can break it down, make it simplified and really go into like real detail about it. Me on the other hand, if I try to explain that in writing, it's very laughable. And I've seen like some of the comments that people write, like you write like a third grader and then they write like dot, dot, dot. Actually they're better than you. And I was like, man, I was like, that's a little hard to take in. You know, when you get comment after comment from people, some people on the internet are ruthless, but, that's part of putting your work out there is to get the feedback back, whether it's good or bad. You know, that's part of it. I never had that trouble with podcasts, but when it came to writing, I had, I'd say, I wouldn't say a success, but I just struggled tremendously with that. Oh, certainly. And I think we've talked about this for a few times on the show, how hard it is to take really complicated metrics. I mean, for God's sakes, even like the most simple stats, but definitely like as the analytics are becoming more and more a part of what people want to see and also what sites want to produce, it's really hard to to keep a good voice, to find a good way to communicate those ideas while also still being a good writer and being interesting and hooking the readers. I, I think that's a, it's a skill set that not many people have. And uh, so sometimes you do see really bad content because the voice is hard to catch. No, you're exactly right. It's the, I think that's the hardest part. You can talk about stats and, you know, you can, I, in my words, you can bullshit anything when you're talking. Yeah. If you're pretty good at it, you can sit there and continue to talk and avoid questions. But when it comes to writing it, either you're going to write about it or you're not. And, People will call you out if you're not doing what you need to be doing, if you're not cutting it. I had a great – I worked with uh, Dynasty League Football, and they were very, very helpful with me. Uh, you know, they said they would, they would kind of, like, help me out, teach me along the way. Uh, they would – you know, I had problems with, like, editing, <laughs> different things like that. I'm just not a strong writer, and I've never been a strong writer. And so they were very, very influential to me because they could – they would help me help me out with things. They would teach me different things. Like, hey, in your article, you're missing this, this, and this. Try to focus this on your next work. Try to do this. And to me, I, like as someone who's trying to learn, like that's that's the hardest thing in fantasy in the community is trying to learn and be better at your craft and making it where people enjoy your articles. And they've had success. They've been in business for ten years. You know, they have subscriptions, like different things like that. So I knew hey, these are guys I can really trust. These are guys that are taking me under their wing. I can trust these guys and do what they're saying. And I just continued to struggle. And then you work with other guys like you've had on here, like George, and he just continues to put out excellent work. It's like, man, should, do I really deserve to be on the same side as him? And it really makes you question yourself as someone who's in the fantasy industry of, do you, are you in the same category as these guys? No, that self-doubt can be really deprecating when you're in a room full of talented people because because for one for one since i had a professor that would always say in college like you should never be the smartest person in the room if you're in the smartest if you're the smartest person in the room you're in the wrong room i mean i think that's like a a, 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 a corny little uh catchphrase that's on like t-shirts and stuff but you know at the same token it can be incredibly intimidating when you're around people that you know are smarter than you and you're like do i really belong here it can be a a a crippling the self-doubt is is an incredibly crippling thing it's something that i've written about in you know personal journeys and stuff like that but chris i think what's really interesting why i was so um kind of fired up to do this episode and we've kind of already hinted at a little bit with whether it's struggling to write um or the you know the comments section or taking the fun away from fantasy is that you're not you're no longer active on on any sites or, or doing a podcast or anything like that you've kind of removed yourself from the from the fantasy world what was kind of the first what was the first sign to you that things weren't really going the way you wanted it to? Well, I can start with things being in fantasy, even writing for a site, uh, you can apply to do anything it, for the writers that are out there. If you're wanting to start off, you can apply to anything. I applied to the Hall of Fame game. I got credentials to go to that. 
I was able to show my past. I know I'm probably going to get someone in trouble if anyone big ever listens to this mm-hmm. at the Hall of Fame game. I had this pass that said, uh, you know, just like media locker room pass. I show it, and I was able to walk on the field. I'm standing there next to Ben McAdoo. I'm standing there next to Eli Manning for the ceremony. I'm on the giant sideline for the first half of the game. And I'm obviously not supposed to be. And there's just there's little things like that that you're able to do and have success in with fa- with fantasy. You're able to go on the radio. I, you know, I've been on the ESPN, Fox Sports, different things like that. Those are the good things, and those are what I always came back to when I had self doubt. When I say, "Hey, look what I've been able to take away from my journey. Look what I've been able to do and experience, and just really have what I wanted out of my journey." And that's what I had to kind of keep telling myself. And then there's times like we're going to get into of where you have that self-doubt, where you see all these people on Twitter and you're like, man, this guy is really good. You can just read their article and you're like, he's really good at uh, writing. I need to try to get into a conversation with him so other people will see me. And that's one of the hardest things I think about getting noticed in Twitter is you want to be, or in fantasy is you want to be active on there. You want to be able to get into people's conversations but you also want to sound smart. So everything you do is almost like a, I'd say, a calculated risk on there. Right. You don't want to push. You don't want to be too mean. You don't want to push people. You don't want to come out throwing out all these stats when they're just like, hey, man, we weren't even talking to you. Why are you jumping into our conversation? Right. So there's a lot of little things like that that really started like getting to me. It all started building up where you reach out to someone and they don't they don't write back to you. And you, you start getting into other things and... I also had a, a really terrible situation where I was in a podcast with someone. We got, uh, you know, we just had a very bad break off between us. Things didn't mesh well. And so it just kind of all happened at once for me. And it was, I don't want to say I just like got up and quit, but it, it was a slow progress where everything just kind of built up. And I was just like, screw this. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I have, I have other things I can be doing, but it's crazy. Cause I still, I still check Twitter every day. I haven't tweeted in like a hundred days, but I still get on there, read everyone's stuff. I'm still addicted to fantasy. I just am not as active as I once was. Yeah. It's so fascinating because, you know, we talked about um, last episode with Sal, him taking a step away. And I mean, he was definitely kind of saying well, for a little bit different reasons than you were, um, you know, where it was more like, I'm just doing too much. I'm, I, I, my, I'm, my health is declining. I'm not involved in my personal life. Whereas, and then we talked with in like back in episode six with Eric Stoner about how he was, you know, just, just realized that this just the career path in football just wasn't for him. So we've kind of had a little bit of, of this whole idea of like, it didn't work out. Um, but now obviously Sal's back cause Sal's the, he's the goat, he's the greatest, but, um, you know, so we've had a little bit of different degrees, but I think your story is really interesting. Like, I mean, I remember, I, if I believe in correct me if I'm wrong, like I remember you and I did like a podcast together, um, right before I moved out to LA when I got That's the right. job at NFL.com and then, you know, not, but not even a calendar year later, you know, you're after I start this podcast, you message me and you're like, Hey man, like I'm not doing fantasy anymore. Like. I think it would be an interesting story to tell on your show. And so it's, it's funny how quickly that, that change can kind of happen. Right. And you know, when you, I was, I wanted to keep podcasting and I want to find someone I could podcast with, you know, uh, it, it makes it, in my opinion, it makes it easier because you can, when you, when you have a podcast and you can just really bounce ideas off each other and you guys can, uh, you know, like, uh, finish or the football guys, the, their podcast, uh, on the couch, just to have two people sitting there talking, it, it makes better radio, in my opinion. And that's just, it's better than someone just sitting here, reading stats to you, going over guys who were performed. So I've always looked for like that perfect podcast partner. And it's, it's kind of weird because like, I'll find someone and we, we get along and then just things don't work out. Whether you know they, become, they move on to other things, I move on to other things, schedules don't work out. I've had that happen a couple times where – you know they're on the west coast and they can only record at like midnight i can only record in the like in the morning whatever it may be and so it's it is very interesting because you have to be in the in this i try to jump on everyone's podcast whenever they ask me i was i always said yes yes to everything and that's why i felt felt like i was able to have success in here i was able to to do different things and move move up with what i wanted but there's also downfalls where you, I would set alarms to wake up for people's podcasts. You're sleeping and you wake up, different things like that. But 
is that something you really want to do for your podcast? Set an alarm to wake up and do a podcast every week. It takes its toll, and especially I had I have, I have a a one year old now. And, oh God! You know when I started doing my a pod my own podcast, she was newborn, and it was just like I was trying to fit it in here and there, and it's just so exhausting. So that's you know I think that was probably the biggest deciding factor for me was do I really want to keep taking time away from her or do I want to sit here and continue to do this? I think eventually I might try to get back in it, but fantasy's changed a lot. I, like I said at the beginning, Twitter used to be not as a big thing. There used to only be a, a handful of sites when I first started writing. Now there's so many sites, so much content, and it's almost like a huge dogfight out there. Everyone's out there trying to get the one bone. Mm. But who's going to get it? And, you know, it seems like everyone's out there. Some people push each other under the bus, you know, yeah. other things like that. And to me, that's not what it was ever about. I enjoyed my first time coming out there when I met, you know, guys like JJ. And he was so incredibly nice to me. Reaches out, you know, get, said, you know, he was a person who's always like, hey, I like your sh- you like I like your podcast, whatever. And gave me good, like good feedback on it. Positive feedback, but also gave me something to work on as well. Same with like Sal. Great guy. And those are the type of people that really you'll see are successful as football and Twitter is because they are always there to help the other ones around them. They're not so concerned about themselves. They're concerned about everyone else and what the community is doing as a whole. Yeah, a couple of thoughts based on uh, what you just said there. One about about kids. Man, let me tell you, you know, if you follow me on Twitter, you probably know Charlie was sick this weekend, um, had to take him to the dog hospital twice. And if there was just another reason for me to never want to have kids, <laughs> it was that because I can't imagine like just the, the stress that a not I mean, in a good way, because they're a kid and it, it's something that a lot of people want to have. But, uh, you know, just that layer of, of stress that it adds, especially when you're you know, like, like you were, or I am right now, like really throwing the nose to the grind, trying to make, trying to make this thing happen. Um, it, it, that adds a layer of complication to it, I imagine for sure. Um, and the second thing there, you mentioned just every, a bunch of dogs out there fighting for the bone. I think that that is, it's a good thing to say that, especially because so many people on this podcast have talked about, um, especially like we had just had Sal on, you know, have talked about how welcoming the community is and how there is a place for you, but it depends on what you want out of it. Because if you are like I was or like you were, you know, and you your goal is I want a full-time, you know, I want this to be my thing. I want to really make it. That is where the, the competition really is because there is such a small demand for such a great supply of people out there that have something to contribute. No, you're exactly right. Uh, first thing I'll touch on is, I know you say you don't want kids, but once if you ever have a kid, you'll realize this instant joy in your life. Well, I I want to have I want to have kids eventually. Like, don't get me wrong, I definitely at some point like, you know, I'm getting into way you know way too much here about about me, but like, I definitely think like the idea of being a, a dad does appeal to me. Like raising a human. I mean, for like clearly, I'm in love with my with my damn dog. Like, there's something there that like nurturing part of me there's something there's something inside me that that like speaks to me but i'm just talking about like right now <laughs> just the idea of it, of it it makes me kind of like sick to my stomach but uh, but i kind of like go through waves of like i never want to have kids i'd like to have a kid i never want you know so who knows what the hell i really want right what's so funny is uh, i always tell people the story is my son likes to play man with me so we started playing and i said who do you want to be and he told me he's like i want to be the woodpecker team and he was he was talking about the Ravens because mm. he thought they were the woodpeckers. I was like, that's funny. And then he's like, who are you going to be dad? And I said, I'm going to be the Browns. They're my favorite team. And it's funny. So now every time we get on to play, he's like, I want to be the orange and Brown team, dad. He said, they're awesome. And they're really good at football. Just like you were when you were younger, dad, I was like, they're not good at football. <laughs> I was like, they're not good at football at all. I was like, I've got a lot to teach you. And it's all about let down with football. If there's well, I mean, yes, absolutely. Teach him that embracing sadness is the key to being a football fan because it, it really, really is. Um, and you definitely, that's the, that is one reason why, I, like a, a stupid, selfish reason why I would love to have kids is because they just say some really funny shit, and like I need that. I need that in my life. Well, they crack you up. It is just hilarious sometimes with the stuff they say. And you know, another thing, I think one reason I was really successful at fantasy at a young age is I would I. I have this rule to never draft Browns. I never draft mm-hmm. Brown players. Smart. And so it's always like when I was younger, I was always a fan and then I would never pick them. And, you know, other guys were like, oh, this guy's supposed to be a sleeper. And I was like, nope, 
not taking him. <laughs> I had success. Only in 2007 was that like the one year that um that there was any reason to draft Browns players. And I, I do remember that I've talked about this in my first, that was my first year ever playing fantasy. And I took like a late round flyer on, on like ancient Jamal Lewis that year and actually got like an, like an RB2 season out of him. So there was one year, but other than that, it sounds like a pretty good strategy. Right. It does. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, so Chris, uh, one thing that you mentioned earlier um, was kind of the, like losing the love for fantasy a little bit by, by, you know, covering it and doing it from like a quote unquote professional sense kind of go into that a little bit because it's something that Denny Carter talked about on his episode. It's, it's something that I think people really, you know, I mentioned the Eric Stoner episode as well, you know, passion should be best left as hobbies was the title of that one. Um, what, what, like what, what, what it was that feeling? What was that like? Man, there's really, the best thing to say about that is there's so much work involved with anything with writing football, anything. No one really understands. You sit there and you'll, let's say you go to a bar or anywhere and they're like, man, that guy on TV doesn't really know what he's talking about. And it's like, you don't really understand how much knowledge he has and what he's doing and how many hours it takes. I mean, just for a guy to go on TV and talk, it takes hours of, of preparation stats, all the different things to look at. And so when I, <laughs> I went to a like even to go into the Hall of Fame game. You know, I knew the guys I was wanting to interview, the guys I was wanting to go talk to, but you don't just go up to them and be like, "Hey, man, uh, it's cool to see you, Victor Cruz. What are you up to?" You know, you want right. to go and you you have to have these set questions that you want to talk to them, whether you talk to them or not. You have to be prepared for every situation when you're at that, and it's incredibly exhausting i mean we i i've i've already mentioned it several times but there's so much work that goes behind the scenes of writing a podcast like you have to have your questions ready to ask and whether i respond to this or how i respond to this the flow of the show you need to make sure it, it goes within the time frame there's just so much that people don't really understand especially when they're first starting out saying oh hey i can do a podcast but you do the first one you're like oh my god that was awful <laughs> Yes, but, I can. I can personally attest to that. Like I remember, um, I remember the first podcast I ever did. You know, and thinking for like you said, years thinking like, oh, I can do that. You know, I mean, it's it's talking about football. I talk about football all the damn time. I remember my now like good close personal friend who I'm actually think gonna meet pretty soon out here in L.A. Nolan Hack. He's another guy that doesn't do sports anymore. Um, but I he invited me on his podcast. I remember the first time being on there, being just thinking like. Oh my God, this is actually really hard. What am What am I saying? Like, how do I sound? Do I sound like an idiot? I already hate the sound of my voice, but what about the stuff that's actually coming out of my mouth? Does it make any sense? Right. You want to You want to make sure you sound assertive. You want to make sure that what you're saying actually makes sense, especially when someone goes on the podcast and they start throw, whipping out stats. You're like, your mouth drops. You're like, uh, I agree. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> you, you want to make sure you sound smart and do all this stuff. And so I can easily say that, like. Even I know like you write for a living, it's still exhausting. Even though you get into your grind and you do everything you have to do, it still takes a toll on you. I mean, I'm sure there's days where you're still sitting there like, man, this sucks. And it's just, oh, it's, it's sure. a job. I mean, everyone, whoever has a job, well, no matter what it is, isn't always going to be 100% like go happy, lucky, happy. It's, it's still a job. <laughs> I mean, that is that is so true. Like, I, I mean, because of course I say it all the time. I am literally the luckiest idiot in the world. I'm living my dream on a day-to-day -day basis. Absolutely for sure. And I never lose sight of that fact. But at the same time, listen, there's days I hate my job because it, like you said, it's a, it's a job. And I'm like, I'm not drinking beer on a beach somewhere. I'm going to hate, I'm going to hate what I'm doing. Cause I'm not, you know, I'm not doing that. But eventually uh, you would hate that too. I'm sure it's, right. just, it's inevitable. Right. Eventually you'd be like, Oh, this beach sucks. Or, <laughs> right. Why isn't somebody put like, why isn't somebody, because we're just humans, we're terrible. Like why isn't somebody pouring the beer into my mouth for me? You know, this is just get, Oh, this is so much work. Like just lifting up, lifting up, you know? Uh, but that, yeah, I mean, that's so true. I, I tell people that all the time. It's, it's a job and it's, when it becomes a job, it's a very, it's a very different feeling when the thing that you love feels like work. It's very true. And one of the people that you will meet that is so incredibly positive, and you had him on last week, uh, or maybe this week, every, every day blends together, is Weird. Sal. He is so yeah. incredibly positive with everything, and he's always pushing people. And that, even when back to fantasy and writing, you need to stay positive. You need to stay focused because as soon as you have that second of self-doubt, it's going to continue to pour on you. And just to be as happy and 
and positive as possible is one of the biggest things you can do in my opinion for fantasy is to continue to be happy and enjoy what you're doing. Enjoy who you're talking to because you know, fantasy Twitter, even by itself, wasn't like this five years ago, six years ago. You are in a very lucky time, in my opinion, to have all the different outlets and resources. And honestly, in my opinion, fantasy football has become more difficult than it's ever been. I remember I was like one of the only people who would go and look up targets in my leagues when I played fantasy. Now, Yahoo automatically posts all the targets, all that stuff. It's so much easier for for a any type of fantasy user that it, it kind of took, in my opinion, a little joy out of it. I was like, God, now everyone knows this. Yeah. Like I sent trade offers and someone's like, did you see he's averaging this, this, and this? I'm like, you're not supposed to know that. You don't do research. That's my job. Yeah, right. No, I mean, the public is smarter than ever. We were um, we were talking about that last episode too, that, that uh, you know, guys that you would think would slide in ADP. I know we. I teased. I teased JJ on the last episode. He tweeted me about it. Like I listened to too much JJ last week when I listened to Living the Dream and on the couch in the same morning. But you know, I'll again reference that the two those two podcasts. Um, and I love JJ. And I you know obviously obviously shouts. We've we've mentioned nice things about him uh, twice now. But you know his point was like a guy like Mike Evans that caught three touchdowns last year. Five four years ago he would have even three years ago would have slid down ADP rankings simply because he caught three touchdowns, but the public is smarter than ever, and he's still a, a, a third-round pick, second-round pick sometimes in sharper leagues because, you know, people still know that you mentioned targets and like a simple thing like that. People know he's still going to get fed the football by a young quarterback and that he's still an incredible talent. So, I mean, yeah, the, the public being smarter than ever, it's harder to be that smartest guy in the room. It is, and like you mentioned earlier, you don't always want to be the smartest guy in the room. You want to be – the guy who learns from everyone, the more you take in, the more you learn. And that is one of the hugest things you can do with writing is learn from people. If you're talking to someone, even like someone reaches out to you and they look or they read an article and you give them feedback, really take in and listen or read what, what you're saying and reading, because believe it or not, you're actually giving them advice that can help them. Most of the time people aren't looking to trash someone under the bus, but You've really got to look and take all the good stuff that you can out of things like Twitter. You know, you have someone that you're chatting to say like, you know, hey, I enjoy your site. Read their stuff and comment on their article. Talk to them. More than likely, they're going to follow you back. They're going to start commenting on your stuff. And before you know it, you start building these friendships and relationships that do help you along the way in fantasy. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a huge part about it right there is like, it's trying to sound smart, but also just being friendly, you know, also engaging in a positive manner. And you mentioned earlier about staying positive throughout, uh, throughout covering fantasy, because it can be hard when you're wrong. It can be hard when, you know, you mentioned in comment sections, people tear you apart. Um, I remember, I still remember the, like my first couple articles in NFL.com. I actually read the comments, which bad idea. Um, and I was like, Oh man, <laughs> Those are some mean things that people are saying about me. I'm right. not used to people being that mean to me. Um, when, well, how do you like? What's some good ways that you know you can stay positive, and maybe some ways that either you did when you were in the industry, or some ways that you wish you had enacted the stay positive uh, philosophy. I always try to stay positive with everything I do. Uh, you know, you are. If someone's tearing you up on the comment section, at least you're out there putting out your work. It's better than what they're doing. They're sitting there just being a bully. What, you know, and I used to always say stuff like that. They're like, you know, you can't write. It's like, where's your article, bud? You know, like, don't sit here and tear me down with, when you're not going to produce anything. Right. You know? WordPress is free. WordPress is free. Get out there and if you can, you can, yeah, I mean, you can probably do this. Go ahead. Try it out. Exactly. And, you know, and I'm at least, at least I always look at it as I'm taking a step or a leap of faith. I'm trying my best to do something that I love. I'm passionate about. You know, it takes a long time to write articles, do the stats, find everything. And when you finally produce that article and someone sits there and dogs you, it's like, guys, you have no idea how much time I put into that. And I got paid nothing. Mm. You know, like, and so, like, being positive was just really easy for me. I always look around. I'm like, I have a site that's willing to take me under their wing. I have, you know, all the people were always really nice to me for the majority on, on Twitter when they weren't being like, you picked him over him, you know, mm. the. Typical mean people, but you know, you, everyone is just very lucky in general. They have family, they have friends, and 
I have kids that I absolutely adore. So I am very, very fortunate. And LeBron James finally won a, a championship for Cleveland. So I'm like on top of the world for this year. Hey man, yeah, nothing could tear you down this year. You might as well get out. You might as well get back out there, right? Like, <laughs> the, the, with the Cavs winning, I mean, that has to, that has to be a pretty incredible feeling, being like a, a Cleveland lifer. It was. I was. Uh, I celebrated. <laughs> I remember uh, my wife was sleep or was watching the game barely, and she's like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "I'm going outside. I was shaking up beer, spraying them all over." And she's like, "You have to work in the morning." I was like. Do you know what just happened? <laughs> I like had goosebumps. I went on as soon as the game was over. I bought my little t-shirt. I was like cloud nine. And, you know, it's been a week and a day and I'm still thriving off of it. Yeah, that is that's got to be a big part to the to the staying positive. I would I would imagine that's that's pretty cool. I you know, I I will say that as a like in terms of fandom, I really don't have much give a shit left in me. Um, I'm like, you know, kind of a Panthers fan, I guess, but it like when they lost the Super Bowl this year, man, like I was, you know, I drank a couple more beers, went to bed and then I woke up the next morning and I was like, I don't, you know, I don't, it just didn't even bother me. Um, so there's that, that part of this is like kind of dead in me, but I also think I just don't have the emotional capacity to be a fan anyways, but it's, it's a, it's a feeling I would imagine that like you just really can't even put into words. No, it, there is nothing. I mean, when you sit there and you feel like you're going to cry and you're like, I'm getting ready to cry because I just watched a basketball game. It's just like, it's like I slapped myself. I was like, get back with this, Chris. I was like, it's just a game, but no, that's the fun part. And you know, like you mentioned with football, you know, when you become like a fantasy addict, you don't care really who wins the Super Bowl. Like you don't care what games on TV. You just enjoy watching these guys battle and you know, who's supposed to break out, who's going to struggle this game. And I you know every year for Christmas and my birthday, I asked for, football jerseys i you know i'm trying to collect a, a player of each team's uh of each team which megatron retired so i have to find a new lions jersey this year it's kind of upsetting mm-hmm. but it's part of my little tradition so you know that's the fun part about it is you will grow attached to all these different teams not attached but you will grow love for each team you know there, i'm sure there isn't a team you just hate is there uh no i don't think that there's a team i just straight up hate um, there's a lot of teams I I don't care for though. I yeah, think like the Fal- you pref- prefer I, not like, to watch them. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, okay, any any NFC East team I kind of like inherently hate because not only are like I you know grew up in the Washington D.C. area and so I watched a lot of Washington football and then by proxy a lot of NFC East teams and they're just so painfully boring all of them like they're and they're bad like they're just always bad teams like once in a blue moon one of those teams are good and makes a playoff run and then as soon as I get out of the Washington DC area I am reminded by the fact like oh right all these teams are on prime time every week because they're because they're big markets but all these teams kind of suck so all those teams can kind of can get the hell out of here. And Atlanta, too, because like, they're kind of Carolina's like rival. They're the only one of like the, N- the other NFC out- South teams that I don't really like. Like I'm fine with the Saints. I'm fine with the Bucks, And it's also, I think, because the Falcons are boring, too. I just don't like boring teams. I don't really – I don't have like any inherent bias against a team. I just – please be exciting. I have Because I have to watch so many of these damn games. I'd rather be interested in them. Right, right. And it's just so surprising where all of us get excited for like a Thursday night game. And it may be a game like – the Browns and the Redskins, but we're excited because right. it means something to us. <laughs> it means everything to us. Yeah, I mean, even ba- like that's the thing. I would take you know even bad football just out of a you know just as long as it's entertaining. Um, like you mentioned, the Browns, the Browns and the Ravens had that game. I think it was on Monday night, and everybody's like, "Oh man, this is gonna suck. Oh, it's gonna no. be bad." But uh, sorry, yeah, I know that was yeah that was like a tragic Cleveland uh, heart stomper. I'm sorry to bring it up, but like, but that was a fun game. But that was a fun game to watch. Like for us, like that don't care about the outcome. Um, you know that was that was ended up being a fun game to watch. It's Cleveland being Cleveland. Long yeah. field goal there to run back. Trust me, I remember, I remember the play vividly. Yeah, I'm 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 sorry that uh that I. That had that had that had to be the example I brought up, but but it's but it's a, it just illustrates the point that like, you know, this stuff is it means it means a lot to 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 fans and like I mean nothing, even though I don't like have many rooting interests fan wise, like still watching a game is like this is this is like the coolest shit in the world and and I can you can tell that you can tell you're addicted to football when you get like amped for the preseason, 
but then like 15 minutes into, 15 minutes, I'm being generous, like five minutes into the game, you're like, oh, wait a second, this isn't real. Like now I'm ready for the next thing. Right, you get so excited, and I just love like on Sundays, I'm sitting there like staring at my phone or my computer watching stats, and it's hilarious because I'm not very good at math, but when I see a football play, I'm like, oh, that was 1.7 y- or 1.7 points. And people are around me like, how do you know that? And I'm like, oh, he just caught, you know, one pass, seven yards. You know, I was like, that's 1.7 points. And I was like, that's insane how fast you calculate that. And I was like, well, it's kind of what I want to do for a living is <laughs> know exactly how, what person's at what and where they're at. And so it's, it's funny. And it, it's, I don't know, football is just crazy in general. I mean, it, it brings you the most joy you can ever have for something being fake. Like yeah. all the time when someone says like, how'd you get into fantasy or why do you play fantasy? And it's like, I don't know why I play fake sports. It's not like I like went out one day. I was like, man, I want to be good at something. I think I'm going to choose fantasy. No, it just kind of takes you under and it just happens by surprise. And it's, it's a whirlwind and it's a blast when it happens. Yeah, it totally is. It's, it's great to be, it's great to be obsessed with it and, and be, as much as it is completely insignificant, and sometimes I struggle with the insignificance of my, you know, my job now, uh, it's, it's still cool. And like losing that aspect, you should never lose that aspect of it. The, the, just the, the fun of, uh, of how cool it is to be a part of it. Uh, Chris, you know, kind of getting back to you a little bit here. What has your, you know, your time away? What has it, what has it felt like, like in an, on an interpersonal level? And also, how has it kind of affected your daily life? Well, I mentioned that really every day, as I'm sure you can attest to, like being on Twitter and reading other people's stuff, reading stats, just being really into that hasn't changed at all for me. I still read, like, I still want to be the best fantasy player I can be. I mean, plain and simple, I still want to kick the shit out of every single person in my league, and I want to be undefeated, hold my belt buy a ring and hold that championship and get some, I would love to get some like portrait photos of me in that. I, I don't really know what kind of, what, I'm thinking glamour shots, but I'm not sure yet. <laughs> I've been I'm working on it for this year, but I've been able like stepping back has been really rewarding in my sense. Like I said, I'm able to hang out with my kids a lot more where I felt bad where I would come home. And I said, Hey, I have to knock out this article. You know, it's due in like two hours and it's, you know, it's only supposed to be like a thousand words, but, it took me every bit of two hours to write that because like I said, I struggled with writing for so long that it was really hard because I was constantly contradicting myself of, Hey, am I writing this right? I'm rereading it. Am I doing this right? Am I doing this right? And there was a lot of, like you said, self doubt that it took me a lot longer than it used to. And so now I feel like I have, I don't want to say all this time in the world, but I'm really, I stepped back and I was really able to see like, it's a felt like a weight almost off my shoulders of how much stress it brought to me. And, you know, trying to make sure, like I said, you're active and talking to different people and making sure you're retweeting them because they're, they're sitting there doing as everything you are, they deserve to be seen. And, you know, hopefully someone of my followers, you know, I have people like, you know, like Matthew Barry follow me and, you know, bigger guys like that. If I retweet something and they get seen, you know, I feel like I did my part then. I feel like I was able to help someone out and maybe I wasn't the right piece. And maybe that's why, uh, you know, I, I feel like everything happens for a reason. Maybe that's why I was put on uh, or was into fantasy right now is to help someone else get into their job. Maybe I was a little stepping stone for them. Maybe that's the situation. I don't know. I will see how it plays out, but I'm always there to always try to help other people. And then I'm just really enjoying life and just everything's good, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Cause I think the, I think the thing that is, that is kind of underrated that the people on the outside don't really know is that even if you don't work for a you know a big media site like uh, ESPN or you're not on NFL Network, you're not on TV, this, that, or the other, you still feel because you want this so bad and you put so much pressure on yourself. You constantly feel like you're in the spotlight, like you're putting the spotlight on yourself. And when you're just when you can remove yourself from that, that that pressure that comes off you, I imagine is is very freeing. Oh, it was, uh, you know, and it, it was really hard for me because I, like I said, I love doing this. This is something that I, like I said, I, I may come back one day. I may just, I know I'm just going to try to come back and podcast only. I'm mm. not going to do any more writing, but like it's rewarding. And I, 
maybe, like I said, things work out for different reasons. Maybe I wasn't meant to do it right now. Maybe it's supposed to happen later. You know, I, I did everything in my power to make the best of my opportunity. I, I worked for a local media station, a local, local radio station. So like I said, I was able to, uh, I was able to get covered and go down to every single Reds game, Cincinnati Reds. I live close to Cincinnati. So I have like locker room passes to all that stuff, you know, just working, learning how to work like radio stations, how to, you know, be around microphones. And, you know, I've heard Matthew Barry say this several times where I have friend, uh, Dan Glaskins, I'm not, probably don't know him. He's a local Cincinnati guy, but he's big in the fantasy. And anytime he writes something, he's like, Hey, do you want to call or do you want to call in? My show's on, on Fox sports. He also does serious. And anytime I get to, I try to go down to go into the studio, maximize the opportunity, be face to face and have as much fun. And that is the hardest part about fantasy is just continue to have fun. Cause once you have, you're not having fun just stop doing it. I mean, you're you're only going to make yourself miserable. Your content's not not going to be as good, and you just got to continue just to have that that edge and that fun and just a little chip on your shoulder. Yeah, for sure, uh, Chris. Kind of kind of winding down here. Uh, just a few more questions for you. Uh, you mentioned, you know, we've talked about it several times, but you mentioned if you ever came back, like um, you wouldn't do any more writing because it just doesn't click for you. Do you think that people can get into this industry without? I guess, either loving writing or being good at it. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Like someone, like I mentioned, like uh, Dennis Farrell earlier, uh, you know, I, he's told me before he's not a strong writer. He can't write and he tried to do it himself and it just didn't click for him either, but he was able to be on like the armed forces network. He now does like a, he's worked for his local ESPN and it's all really about networking, connecting to people. And one of the biggest things is don't be afraid to reach out to people. Like I've reached out to, to Indianapolis, Cincinnati, Cleveland. I reached out to everywhere saying, Hey, can I do a show for you guys? Reaching out, going to CBS, right in, right into all the different spots they have available for on air talents, doing whatever you can. That is one of the, 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 the best things you can do is continue to sit there and put yourself out there. Cause if you're not going to sit there and continue to reach out to all these people, no one's ever going to see you. So let, back to your question. I always kind of, drift off no you can absolutely do you can be in the fantasy world and you can even get paid in the fantasy world without even writing you know i've been offered multiple times to take over as like a content manager of a website you know to do different things or social media do different things like that without having to actually write and you know if you're like i said if you're not as passionate about it and you uh um Sorry, my kids are at the door <laughs> waving to oh. me. Um, <laughs> um, but if you if you can find the joy of whatever it is, whether it is writing, whether you know it is editing, some people just enjoy editing people's work. You know, they don't even necessarily love fantasy football, but they just enjoy like editing different things like that. Then absolutely stick to that. Of course, you want to branch out and try other things. You want to try to be as noticed as possible. But if it takes away the love of it you got to step back a little bit. And I think that, you know, if I wouldn't have went into writing and different things like that and would have stuck with just the podcasting, I would still be in it now. But unfortunately it just, it wasn't what I expected it to be. And it kind of took a wrong turn for me in a sense. Yeah. I mean, that, that certainly happens. And uh, one thing, I normally ask I normally ask people at this point in the show what's something that you see in the industry that you don't really like, but I'm not going to ask you that question. I'm going to ask you something different, um, or not even really ask, but just assert something, because I think it's important when I have these kind of episodes. Uh, Matt Waldman's episode kind of took a little bit of a turn like this. Um, Eric Stoner and Eric Stoner's episode was certainly this way. One thing I want to emphasize, and I'm sure you will echo, is that I don't I don't have these episodes to discourage people uh, or shy, shy people away from trying their hand at making it or, or you know whatever you want out of being in the football world in the fantasy industry I don't have these episodes for for that purpose um, because but I also want to I want to paint a realistic picture of what it's like because if there's one thing that I can definitely be accused of it's being you know a little bit a little bit too hippy dippy on this on this podcast or like being really po you know being positive is important but uh, we can be a little too rosy sometimes with the backyard banter podcast so I think it's important to have people like you on the show to paint a realistic picture 
to show the range of outcomes that can come from this and that that you know whatever happens happens and that you there's a certain different path for everybody but so my question to you and all my rambling there is <laughs> why did you want to come on the show why did you think this would be a good message for people to hear because like you said like and like we've mentioned you know like even someone like Matthew Barry he doesn't just sit there hop up, show up at ESPN 5 minutes before he goes on air i can guarantee you that he is sitting there reading other people's work, reading on stats, doing everything, just as I'm sure you do. You don't have to sit there uh, at NFL and just watch. Well, maybe you do. You probably do. You probably just sit there and watch football and just don't do anything. But, <laughs> no, other, other people. No, the, yeah, the real, the real people in this industry, not the hacks like me. They put in so much more time and effort than really what it looks like. So if you're really on the border of, hey, I want to do it, but I don't really think I have the time, be serious with yourself. It, it takes a lot more time than you can ever imagine. There's so much grinding it out and writing articles every week, especially when you get into in-season mode. It's one of the most exhausting things oh, for yes. a fantasy writer because you you want to do this article, then this article, and then someone brings up this idea, and they're like, hey, will you do this? And then you start doing a third, and then you're doing rankings, and it's you wouldn't believe how difficult rankings in itself is. I mean, that is a very exhausting thing because you sit there, and especially someone like myself, I'm like, you, you easily you can list the guys, but then you start looking like, you know, do I really think like Odell Beckham's better than Julio? And like you sit there and you're just looking at like analyzing stats with those two, and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm still only in the top three or top five. <laughs> you know, you're like I spent two hours on this, and so there is just so much work. But really, you want to like, like I said, you want when you step back, whether you do this for a week, you do this for a lifetime. When you step back, you want to make sure it's worth it. You want to step back and be proud of everything you did. When it's all laid out on the table and every experience you've been able to take, you were happy with what you walked away with. Like I said, I've been able to do go to football games, be on the radio, be in a magazine, all the little things. And I never thought in a million years would I be able to do anything like that. But yeah. I've still been able to do that. And that that is, you know, I had little goals like that and, I can't believe that happened. I One of my biggest goals was I eventually wanted to be paid for fantasy. And even when there were $5 an article and I was writing over a thousand words, I hit my goal. And that's what was exciting to me. And that's what you need to do for yourself, in my opinion, is make these little goals, stick to them, and don't try to just say, hey, I want to work for NFL or, hey, I want to work for ESPN. Realistically, that's not going to happen. But if you set up your other goals and you start hitting those and chipping away at those and knocking those out, Eventually, one day, it can happen. And so you have to continue to do that. And I know I've, I already had an answer set up for your final question, as I told you I prepared. And yes. as I said, I don't, I don't even write fantasy anymore, but I had to come into this podcast prepared, which takes time and effort. So it took away from my day job today, so thank God. <laughs> oh, well, don't, don't tell your employers. Yeah, if you're watching this, <clears throat> I didn't say that. Uh, we'll edit that but, out. No, we thank won't. you. <laughs> uh, no, but one of the big things is you, you. everyone says it, but don't sit there and write start sit articles. Everyone tries to do that on their first blog and different things like that. Don't do that. Just pick a guy, write about him. Pick a team, write about him. Write, you know, like a 32 teams, 32 days, whatever it may be. Set up these little goals for yourself that other sites aren't doing. There's people like, you know, Michael Fabiano and, and Matthew Berry that can do start sit because they've paved that way. They've been able to do that, and really when someone goes onto your article and you're saying, hey, start Ben Roethlisberger this week, this week, to me, it's also you have to ask yourself, are you really – do you have the uh, credentials to say that? I mean, are, why should we believe you? You know, you can write all the stats in the world, but why should I believe you and what you're saying? You need to take me in, and you need to almost brainwash me, yeah. and that's one of the hardest things. Well, it's building. It's building the trust, and and I think that it, it, that's that is one of the more important pieces of advice out there, Chris. I think I already. I think you already successfully took the floor there. I don't even know if I need to to ask you that part of of the podcast. But I think the one thing I just wanna I just wanna reiterate that that you said. You know, when it comes to the purpose of why I wanted to have you on, and why I wanted why I want to do the podcast in general is because I want aspiring writers you know I want people out there that want to do this I want to hear them talk to, like hey hear you say about 
like how that that work, you know, especially in season. The, the the like Rich Rebar has always said it best. It's like being on a shot clock, you know. Like I want people to hear that, and when they hear like, you know, it's that much work, and it's really hard to hear us kind of say that. I want the, those people out there to feel like, damn it, that that sounds like that's exactly what I want. I want to put the work in. I want to do this and and really take control and be in this industry. I want them to hear you say that, that how much, remind them how much work it is, and I want them to get the feeling like, no, I can be the one that does that. And to try it out, because that's the only way that you know if you, if you, if you can do it is whether, you try, is whether you try it or not. Yeah, and I mean, there's all those terrible quotes that you get is, you'll, uh, you'll never score if you don't take a shot and all the other stuff. But really, you know, trying it hurts no one. It hurt, you can make a blog by yourself. You don't have to you don't have to really promote it to anyone. You can try writing, see if you like it. And if you start liking it, Hey, just shoot it out on Twitter. Someone will find it. I can guarantee you that someone will come across it, read it at least once because you can look at all those little stats in which, you know, when you start getting into fantasy and you start looking at numbers, you loving it. Then you start looking at like, your website and I'm sure you do a little bit. You start looking at, Hey man, this many people downloaded and it starts climbing. You're like, oh, yeah, you're like, yeah, no, but, Really, the sole purpose I want to be on here is to tell people, you know, it's okay to try try different things out there. You know, even if you're not the best at it, try it. Have fun with it. And not every storyteller, not every writer out here is going to make it big, but that's okay. It's what you can walk away with. And, you know, you want to – whether you – walk away with uh, start writing for a site like a DraftKings where you write for a smaller site, whatever it may be. You don't know where you're going to end up. And that's the fun part. It is, it's a ride. Yeah, absolutely. And this has been a really fun ride having you on today, Chris. And, and honestly, this was killer. I really enjoyed talking to you today. This is great. Um, if you ever uh, get back out there, Chris, you have a listener or a guest on your podcast and me, um, and I'm sure everybody that, that found you through this show would feel the same way. Um, Guys who listened, you know, as always, thank you so much uh, for tuning in. Uh, if you could always continue to share the show, leave a review on iTunes, tell your parents, uh, tell your enemies, I don't care, uh, tell everybody uh, about the show. We, uh, This has been a great experience. I'm honestly just, you know, flabbergasted the, by all the interest in it. I can't tell you how good that makes me feel. So, again, for everybody listening, thank you so much, and I hope you learned something today.